0: You're listening to So Money. Everyone, welcome back. I'm your host Farnush Tarabi. For all you mothers out there, Happy Mother's Day! You know, it's funny. I'm a mother now for the first time in my life, and uh, I was making plans for Mother's Day for my mom-in-law and my own mom, and it didn't even occur to me that this was a holiday that I should perhaps also celebrate. That it's also designated for me now, and it's uh, it was honest. Like I totally didn't realize that. <laughs> I'm now qualified to celebrate Mother's Day for myself. So uh, thank you to all the mothers out there for all the hard work that you do. I know now it is not an easy job. And I'd like to start the show, before we get to the questions, uh, just reminiscing a little bit on what um, my mom taught me growing up as far as you know, being money savvy. What were the lessons that she taught me? I mean, she taught me so much, but and, uh, I would say that the biggest lesson one of the biggest memories I had of my mom when it come, came to money was that she always worked hard for what she wanted. My mom has... Pretty high taste, and she likes fancy things, and she likes a certain kind of lifestyle, and um, she's not afraid to work for it. She's not, uh, it's not beneath her to take on odd jobs. When she moved to this country at age 19, you know, she came here pretty much uh, stripped of her possessions. Uh, From being back home in Iran, they had a pretty nice life there, and uh, coming to America newly married, didn't speak English, um, but she learned English, she went to college, she took on a number of jobs to support us along with my father and uh, always saved her money to buy you know, a beautiful piece of furniture sometimes or taking us on a vacation. So I, she, my mom really wanted to make sure that we enjoyed our lives too, that it wasn't just a struggle and it wasn't just hard work, that we had time to really have fun and really enjoy coming home and, and having nice things from time to time, and she really worked hard for that. I remember um, she would. She had a couple store credit cards. Not something that I uh, would say recommend anyone doing today necessarily. But she had a couple store credit cards. But she would. I she would take me with her to the stores and pay them off with cash from her wallet um, every week. So she never carried a balance. And I remember wondering, like, why is she giving the store money but not getting anything in return? This is my eight-year-old brain. And so I think. You know, looking back, obviously, it's because she was paying off her debt. So thank you, Mom, for all those great memories, and happy Mother's Day, and I love you. All right, let's move on, and let's uh, talk about what's on your money mind. Danny writes in, he says, how much is too much to pay for an apartment right out of college? Well, you know, funny, because last weekend, we also talked about housing and real estate, and I shared that story of me living with a married couple out of uh, outside after college <laughs> to make ends meet. Oh my gosh. But I would say, Danny, you know, my rule of thumb, and so is this, this is true for a lot of financial experts out there and, and certified financial planners that the, the goal is that you don't want to spend more than 30% of your take home pay, um, at the high end of your budget for housing. So calculate your after tax take home pay monthly and multiply that by 0.3. And that's the most you really want to be shelling out for rent, um, assuming that you're going to have other expenses, right, including maybe your gas in your car, food, utilities. Maybe you've got some student loans. Maybe you have some credit card debt. And if you live in a pretty expensive city like New York or San Francisco, it's not unlikely that you may have to shell out a little bit more. And I'm not advising that you do, but it is the reality living in these bigger cities. The way to kind of work around that is to get several roommates, Maybe move further out from the city, strip your budget of some of the extras that you don't really need, but you want, but you don't really need, and so that can better help you afford housing. And if you do end up living in a high-priced city, remember that it can offer you savings in other ways, like public transportation. You can walk to work. Uh, so there are ways that you can cut costs in large cities that you wouldn't necessarily be able to in the suburbs. And by the way, if you've got family nearby, there's no shame. You've heard it from me before. There's no shame in shacking up with relatives or your parents during that first year out of college. Many, many, many college students are doing this out of necessity. And if you need to do that as well, do it. If you can do that and save money at the same time or use that time to get yourself out of debt, I absolutely recommend it. Uh, As long as everyone's game, you know, getting basically free rent during your first year out of school can be a really great financial stepping stone for you. So take advantage of all these opportunities. Maybe spend some time at home. That can, I think, be a real investment in your future. So good luck with uh, apartment hunting, and maybe you will end up back at home, and I won't judge you for it. Thanks, Danny. Jeremy says, at what point do you negotiate salary once you've received a job offer? All right, well, if you've already received the offer, and presumably now you'll be talking about the salary. Uh, And hopefully you haven't accepted yet, because if you have accepted, then you've essentially accepted the job and all of its benefits and the salary as it stands. So I would say for new hires, the best time to negotiate a salary bump is right after the offer, but before you accept the offer. It's at this point that you know that you know the the employer really likes you. They, they're offering you the job, obviously, and you are their first choice. So yeah, they might have other people, lots of other resumes stacked in the office, but they've decided that they want to offer the job to you, and so they're willing to perhaps hear you out. So don't be afraid to speak up. This is often the only real chance you're going to have to establish conditions that you're happy with. It's not going to be probably for another six months or a year that you can really revisit salary and benefits after this point. So it's important to really take advantage of it. And now as far as how to negotiate, you wanna go into the meeting with some knowledge of what others in your position or similar are earning at the company or across the industry. So go to sites like Glassdoor, PayScale, there you can get free salary reports of specific positions. And that data should help give you a factual frame of reference. And it should help you avoid making any mistakes of asking for a raise that's too high or, or too low. So good luck. Uh, It sounds like you're in the process of accepting a job offer. So good luck with that. And do speak up. It never hurts to ask. And do your research before you do the ask. Know what everyone else that's in your similar position in other companies is earning roughly in your town, in your city. Rochelle writes in. She says, do you recommend taking out a loan against your 401k plan to pay for medical bills? Hmm. Well, In general, I'm not a fan of taking a loan out against your 401k, but before we get to why, let me just kind of explain the the reality of the 401k loan. So most 401k plans do offer offer plan participants the chance to borrow against their retirement savings. Something like 90% of 401k plans currently have a a loan option, and this is according to Yale University. Um, and one in five of us currently has an outstanding loan against our 401k. Now, there are advantages to this, but there are also some risks that I think outweigh the advantages. Now, the upside is that a 401k loan tends to offer relatively lower interest rates than, say, a a loan you would get at a bank in the private market, or even a credit card's interest rate. The rate is usually somewhere around prime plus 1%, and that's Right now, Prime is about three and a quarter, so it's about four and a quarter uh, at the, at the best is would be the borrowing rate for a four hundred and one k loan right now, which is you know is pretty low. I don't think there's anything out there that's lower than that, except maybe a mortgage, but you can't do a mortgage. And the interest that you do pay returns to your account, so you're essentially paying yourself back. You're not paying a bank the interest. Um, a four hundred and one k loan is also more convenient to secure, so you don't have to go through a really lengthy application process or wait for a credit check necessarily to get approved. But mm-hmm, there are some catches, and I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna we're gonna go through them right now. First, there are borrowing limits, usually up to half of your in, of your vested balance or no more than fifty thousand dollars, whichever is less. So this is a general statement. There are of course d- uh, exceptions as you look at specific 401k plans, but this is kind of a a general statement that it's usually up to half of your vested balance, no more than 50 grand. The loan's term at most is just five years, which may be too short a time period for you to repay the loan, right? You also need to understand that if you lose your job or you switch employers, the 401k loan will need to be repaid in full pretty soon after that, usually within 60 days of your departure. So if you fail to pay it back for any reason, The outstanding loan balance will be considered in default and it will be taxed. And if you're under the age of 59 and a half, because this again was your 401k, it wasn't meant to be withdrawn until 59 and a half. If you, if you do an early withdrawal now, essentially, it's going to be considered an early withdrawal subject to a 10% penalty. And finally, borrowing from your 401k pretty much defeats the purpose of saving for retirement. It means missing out on tax-free compounding interest, as well as any potential employer matching program, because a lot of times when you take a loan out against your 401k, you can no longer continue to contribute. So you're missing out, you're missing out on the tax-free compounding interest, you're missing out on employer matching program potentially, and so um it can be a really big setback for you if you're especially if you're nearing retirement age. So I would say to you, Rochelle specifically, if you are nearing retirement, I wouldn't do this. I would try to find alternative ways to uh, pay your medical bills. And I would also say that while the interest rate on your 401k loan is very competitive, don't forget 0% APR credit cards that have introductory 0% offers for like the first year. And if this is something that you can, you can pay off and pay down in a year then I would do that because um, basically it's zero interest and that's you can't beat that. So that's another way to maybe navigate this. But try to really find other ways to do it because what's going to happen is you're going to come back to this place of feeling financially fragile, but then you're going to be older, you're going to be in retirement, and you might not be working. So it's important to, while you can, um, nip this debt when with other means um, as opposed to your 401k, which is really meant to be there for your retirement. Okay, Rochelle, good luck to you. And that is a quick wrap. You know what? It's Mother's Day. I'm getting back out and enjoying the day. It's my first Mother's Day, everyone. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. If you've got any questions for me, as you know, just hop on to SoMoneyPodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and send me your question. Also, if you'd like a free 15-minute money session with me, very easy to do this. Just go to iTunes, leave a review, and every Saturday morning, I select one new reviewer to receive a free 15-minute money session with me. So if you're interested in that, I hope to hear from you. I hope to see your review. Thanks in advance. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone. Tomorrow on the show, Entrepreneur and The Apprentice first season winner, Bill Rancic. Hope your day is so money.